Softcat fans to another episode of the Weber State Weekly Softball Show. We're a member of the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host, Colby Peterson. On the show today, we have our returning champions, Jessica Euler. Jessica, how you been? No road trips recently, I noticed. No road trips. I did consider driving to San Francisco for the Sweet 16 tomorrow mm-hmm. for Arkansas, mm-hmm. but I decided I have to draw the line somewhere, and we have okay. you know, found where the line is, so... I mean, that's that's quite a drive too, though, driving all the way to San Francisco. That That's not nothing. So <laughs> it was when I realized it was longer than I thought it was that it really yeah. pushed me over the edge there. Yeah. We've also got the signposts own Simon Mortensen on the show again. Simon, how you doing, man? Doing pretty good. I don't know how much energy I have for the sweet Kentucky can ruin me right there. So, OK, yeah, I got uh, <laughs> Right now, I'm all in on St. Peter's, and that's probably it. I thought Wisconsin was going to do better. I thought I feel bad because I was in Knoxville this weekend, and I was talking to this kid in this like it's like this old timey pharmacy slash ice cream shop that I was in in downtown Knoxville. And uh, this kid was like, you know, man, I don't know, should I put the Vols? You know, because we're like right there in like Volunteer Central, and I'm all, bro, Vols are going to be so good. They're going to whoop Michigan, dude. Like Michigan's not that good. Blah 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 blah. I talk talk talk. Ah, jinxed them. They laid an egg. <laughs> I was going to go back and like give that kid money and be like, sorry that I jinxed your, your college team. My bad. So if you're going to jinx teams, you want to know who you should root for tomorrow? You should tell me. Gonzaga. Ooh, Zags. Yeah. Zags. Yeah. They're, uh, they, they're an interesting thing because uh, they just, I don't know. They just never seem to be able to get it done. Right. Just can't. Well, I hope not tomorrow. Casey, you made a face though. Are you a Zag fan? You're really going to ruin a lot of people's brackets if you go. I know, but isn't it fun sometimes to ruin brackets? Well, it's the best. That's why everyone's big on Saint. Is it Saint Peter's? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so we can vote for both of them. I'm good. Saint Peter's and Arkansas, all the way. You know what we've been talking about? We've been talking about, you know, so there was one year where Weber State moved away from Waldo and we had Primo Peacock for one season was the mascot at Weber State University. What would and then everybody hated it so much that they got rid of it and they went back to Waldo Wildcat. It was like in the late 70s or early 80s. And so, like, what would have happened if they said, Nope, we're sticking with Primo Peacock? We would be the Peacocks too, dude. We would be the Peacocks. Random. You're right. Missed Weird. opportunity. We could even add some purple to the tail. I mean, there's a lot of possibilities here. I like Waldo. No, no dig, Waldo, even though your your eight ball was kind of salty last week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk a little bit about what we got on today's show. Uh, We've got a player interview. So you heard right there from senior right fielder Casey Whiting. She's going to be talking to us a little bit about uh, her time at Weber State. Uh, Then we've got a weekend review. Wildcats got a a week off last week after playing a lot of games, especially that double, that back-to-back tournament down in Southern California. So got some much-needed rest. But they did play a game yesterday, the home opener against UVU. So we'll talk a little bit about that and the weekend coming up. Um, and that'll be it. That'll be kind of our show today. Nice and light and easy. But before we get into that, I want to encourage everybody to subscribe to the show, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all good places to find Weber State Weekly. Be sure to rate us. Um, give us the thumbs up. Give us the five stars, whatever it takes. Help us to climb in the rankings. And uh, be sure to tell your family and friends, hey, there's this great podcast out there that talks about Weber State sports, especially talking about softball. Now it'll be softball for the remainder of the season and the academic year. So, uh, let your folks know because we're talking softball. We're also on social media. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Twitter, one of the best places to interact with the Weber State Weekly team. And uh, we've got a Patreon. You go to patreon.com slash Weber State Weekly and support us. Uh, we're going to be moving into off season. We've got some ideas for content. Once sports wrap up in May, 
with uh, the softball team, but um, come a patron, support us, help us out. And we want to shout out our sponsor this week, Studio 98. If you're looking for a ring that's not boring, lame, all of the above, go check out Studio 98's work. Um, they're a local jeweler. They make the stuff right in Ogden. The guy who makes it is a fellow Wildcat. He's a former football player as well. And so he loves the purple and white just as much as you and I do. Uh, it sings his kids the fight song as a lullaby. That's how committed he is to the purple and white. So check out their website. It's studio98.com. That's studio N-I-N-E and the number eight.com. They got a bunch of beautiful rings on there and um, lots of different interesting kinds of woods. Um, but if you send them an email, they just might make you this ring right here with the flying W on it. I got one. You might be able to get one too. So email them and ask for it. Uh, really appreciate them and their support of Weber State Weekly. Okay, so we got through all the intro stuff. Casey, now we really are going to interview you. I promise. <laughs> and this is where that begins. <laughs> well, I want Studio 98 to make our rings. <laughs> we got another ring commission. Yeah, so uh, hit them up. Uh, I, I know that uh, we, we'd like to see more rings in, in Ogden. Um, that was one of the things we talked a little bit about with Coach Amico when we had her on at the beginning of the season, about how you know Coach Amico has handfuls of rings. That's how many she's got. And so I uh, would like to add a couple more to that this season. But uh, let's talk a little bit, Casey, about your uh, about your Wildcat journey, originally hailing from Riverton, Utah. Um, talk to us a little bit about uh, about playing prep. And you know, was Weaver State part of your calculus as you thought about where you might take your skills and play your college base or softball? Or was it really something that kind of cropped up uh, during the recruiting season? Well, um, so I went to Riverton High School, obviously. And I played under Caitlin Elliott, who also played for Coach Amicone growing up. It's a, there's a lot of intricate Riverton High School and Weber State like intricacies. Like a lot of alumni from Riverton have also played at Weber State. Mm. So I knew a lot about it. I knew about Coach Amicone and how she has this great legacy around her. But they weren't really like, I wasn't like, I want to go to Weber State really bad because I didn't really ever think of it that often but I traveled a lot and they started coming to our games because they were recruiting one of my teammates and then I was like oh you know I'll go to a Weber State camp they've got a lot like a lot of people have gone there and they had a really good experience so I went to camp and I really enjoyed the coaches and that's what kind of sold it for me so I was like please come check me out more often and then I fell in with a few other offers that weren't super great and then we were state shown through and I was like, yep, that's the one. It's close enough to home, but far enough away, you get the experience and it's a great program to go learn and play softball and get my degree. So awesome. Yeah, and and what is that degree, Casey? Uh, mechanical engineering and technology. Whoa. How'd you pick that one? Well, well, I didn't really know what I wanted to do going in. So I was just taking my generals and then I figured I'm really good at math and I'm pretty good at science. So I might as well do something hard that'll look good on a resume. So, and my grandpa was an engineer. So I was like, I'll do some engineering. <laughs> right, right. Like how most people fall into engineering. You know, I'm yeah, just really it's not, the, it's not the usual path, but I love it's, it a lot. <laughs> it's working out. Awesome. Definitely is. Um, so like you said, the deciding factor for you was really that relationship with coaches had gone to some camps, um, really felt like this was the place. And so those close relationship, those ties to Weber state, the offer came through that helps right school oh, yeah. offers. And it's like, Hey, okay. They're interested. They're, they're willing to, 
to put something forward. And so the deciding factor of you was kind of all of those relationships, all of that culminating together to say, all right, I'm going to become a wildcat. Yep. It was all the great people that I knew that had gone here and uh, I wanted to be one of them. So Casey, um, we're calling this episode Stainlin Alive. And um, one of the things that we've liked to talk to a lot of the, the, the team, your teammates this season about is the fact that everybody on the, on the team gets a nickname from coach Kevin, which by the way, it's his birthday today. So shout out to him. Happy birthday to coach Kevin. But uh, for you, your nickname wondered if you might talk a little bit about that. Well, I'm Casey Stangle or Stangle from Kevin. He's a famous baseball player. To be honest, I don't know tons about him besides that he's a famous baseball guy, but I, I love it. I love get the unique nicknames that Kevin gives. Yeah, I got to say, I do too. Um, Casey Stangle, you know, former Yankee, was a manager for the Yankees. Then when the Mets became a team in the 60s, managed the Mets, won the World Series in 1969. It was unheard of like no one expected the Mets to win the world series that quickly. And they did. So that's a little bit about Casey Stangle. That's awesome. But now let's talk a little bit about, uh, let's, let's go back to you. Let's talk, let's talk more about you. Uh, let's talk about that 2019 season. Cause that's your freshman year. Um, you had an, a handful of opportunities to play. Um, but mostly it was, it was a lot of time spent watching that team, which was probably one of the most successful in wildcat history, right? Conference champions, go to the NCAA regionals and beat Cal state Fullerton um, lose to UCLA, of course, but, uh, and I think also lose to Mizzou, but an opportunity, you know, the first regional win for a big sky team in conference history. Talk to us a little bit about, you know, kind of what you learned about winning and being a part of that, of that stunning and successful team. Yeah. Um, going in as a freshman, you never, you don't really know what to expect. And you kind of don't know what your role is going to be and how you're going to fit in to contribute to the team. And that year I kind of fell in as a pinch runner. So I did a lot of base running through all those games and it gave me a lot of experience on the bases, which in a way I think would lead to success later on. Cause when I had just had the one thing to focus on, which is base running for the most part, I could focus on that and get really good at it and learn from those upperclassmen that made the team so successful, like Landy Hawker, Takesha Salter, and Courtney, all of those guys, they were phenomenal base runners. They just knew what to do and they were so fast and I could learn how to master just one part of the game at a time. And I think that really gave me confidence to have success later on. But as for the team, it was just a special team because we had a lot of, we had a lot of, senior leadership. We also had some transfer pitchers. And I think what worked is we all banded together. We just played for each other and we knew that we were good and we knew that this was the time to do it. So we just went out and did it and it was a lot of fun. And it was, it was just great. Like got to learn a lot and we learned all year long and it was, it was so fun. Yeah. I mean, and the base running thing has definitely paid off this season. Your four four have not been caught stealing yet this season. So, yeah, and I did have a stolen base that when we played Mizzou, it was my last pinch run of the year. I stole second, and then there was someone got a hit, and I took third, and I was kind of stranded on third. It's one of my famed moments. I'm on ESPN, and it, the dirt was really sticky that night, 
and I dove back to third and I kind of got stuck. So I had to like roll out of it. It's pretty comical. It's, it's a not top 10 moment. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Simon, what about you, man? Questions for Casey Whiting tonight? Yeah, no, definitely. My first question is you're in California for two weeks and then you come back to a very, very cold Utah game. How it was first off. Well, we practice in the cold all the time. So it was really nice to get out. And the last day we were in San Diego was actually the hottest day. And we, I think we were kind of a little bit overheated. We were like, we're tired. We've been on the road for 11 days. I think it's time to go home. And so we just get back to it and you climatize pretty fast because we practice in it so often, but the wind is what gets you. The wind was blowing yesterday and it was a little chilly. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was. Definitely. You, Utah gives you that nice welcome back. Um, mm-hmm. And another thing too, that I really loved about, um, that I love about this schedule that we have is we not only have the Utah games, us and Rissa Henderson, cause she's from BYU. I'm like, we got to have like some BYU Utah animosity there too. But I also love that we're ending on this streak of um, this series for the Portland state games right at the end. Um, this is a team that obviously um, you guys kind of have a, a revenge thing out for um, talk to us a little bit about that and how much those three games at the end maybe mean to you. Oh yeah. Well, we're trying to take it one game at a time right now. And everything we do is setting us up to, achieve our goals and our goals are to win conference and then to win the conference tournament. Right. So thinking about those games in the future, like, yeah, we've got, we've got Portland state on the brain a little bit, but most of all, we're trying to learn and grow and get better this next game at Utah. And then the next one and just get a little bit better. So that the time, by the time we get to those three games, we're, we're ready. We're not just plateauing through the middle of the season. We're going to try and keep growing until we get to the very end, you know? Definitely. Yeah. So in 2021, just doing a little bit more reflecting here, the starting job was yours and man, you made the most of it. You led the big sky in walks. You led the big sky in sack bunts. Um, Has being patient at the plate always been a part of your strategy or is that something that you've developed while you've been here at Weaver? Uh, Well, it was a long time growing up. I had a hitting coach. Kale Shepard. And he always preached to us, like, if it's not the perfect pitch and you're not set up to have the most success, like, why would you swing at it? You know, you get three strikes for a reason. And most of the time you get a lot of balls too mixed in there. But I think that's something that's been ingrained in my mind for a really long time is the fact that if it's not perfect, like, why would you hit it? And of course, as going into college and seeing better pitchers, especially these last few weeks in California, um, you notice that sometimes it's not always the best pitch that you're going to get to hit. And sometimes you have to be a little bit more aggressive, but when a pitcher is kind of pitching around the zone, you can kind of be more selective and pick the pitch that's going to set you up for the most success. So I like to just wait and see one that I really like or get into account where I can get a walk or a sack bun or something. Just whatever the team needs at the time. Awesome. Um, I wanted to ask, um, so of course, like like Jessica noted, you, you've developed that patience at the plate uh, and it, it paid dividends for you by leading the conference in walks, like she said. But now this season, you're currently hitting 318, which is second on the team. And I wanted to ask kind of how that patience has translated into production now, right? Because you're not necessarily a player who's going to, you know, Chloe Camarero, you're not going to hit home runs all the time. 
but you're getting on base. And then like we've talked about, once you get on base, you have the ability to steal from you know, the, the base running that you learned about and from those folks on the 2019 team. So talk to us a little bit about what's different this year about your approach to the plate that has given you this opportunity to be a lot, uh, pretty productive, I would say. I think the big difference maker is just getting live at bats against college pitching. Cause obviously going into 2021, that was my first season getting a lot of at bats and the pitching is so different from high school or even travel ball. You get to see like really good competitive pitching consistently. And so the adjustment that I'm making is first of all, in my swing, making sure my swing is consistently like my barrel stays through the zone for a long time. Cause that sets you up for success to hit the ball. So making sure my swing is consistent and then just having that experience and the confidence from having more at bats, it'll set you up for better success. So patience is good because you can see lots of pitchers and see lots of pitches from each individual pitcher. Because once I've had, if I get to a full count, I've pretty much seen every pitch that she can, can throw, whether it's screw change. So I have an idea of what all of them look like and how I would hit them and stuff like that. If my swing is staying consistent. So I'd say that's probably the explanation for a translation from patience to having a better average this year. And I hope to get it up a little bit. That's one of my goals. Yeah. Simon or Jessica, one, maybe one last question here for Casey Whiting before we let her go. No. Yeah. I, um, I really like how you brought up, you know, you're starting to learn some of these pitchers, pitches and everything like that. Um, this right now, um, going through of getting to play these, um, are there some pitchers that you kind of remember that you just know like, Oh yeah, I know what she's going to throw. Um, and, and just how that senior experience add to, um, basically your, your style on the, on the, um, down at, like on the, everything. Um, uh, yeah, of course you, we study each like conference teams that we study their ACE most of all. And you remember each team's ACE because you think about them for weeks in advance, like Tristan Achenbach for Montana. She was great. Um, oh, now I can't remember her name. The Sac State pitcher who pitched most of their innings last year. You just remember them. And mostly I try not to remember what the moment was like, or like the feeling that I got playing against them. I just try to minimize it to like, Oh, she throws a screwball and a changeup. And then that week I can be like, okay, so I'm going to work on hitting a screwball and that's going to be my approach or whatever they throw, trying not to let the moment get too big and the like feeling of it, just making it really simple in my brain so that when I'm up to bat, my brain can be quiet and just focused. Yeah. And I'm going to ask one last question. Is that okay, Colby? Totally. I was about to say that one last question. You got one. I do. So your best game this year came against Dixie state in that first matchup. What was your favorite moment of this year? Was it in that Dixie state game? What's been your favorite moment so far? Ooh, that's a good question. That weekend was really, that was a really big weekend for us going against UNLV and going five and oh, I think just because last season we went zero and five in Vegas. So we got a little bit of bad blood and we remember how it felt in our hearts. So it, and, we went out and gave them our best game and things went well. And 
So on the way back, we hit up Dixie to play one more game. And I think we were all just kind of on a high of feeling really happy about the weekend and just loving the game and what it was and just going out and have fun. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, like you said, I mean, big weekend, complete 180 from the previous year where it had been a rough go down in Vegas um, this year. 5-0, and beat Kansas City twice, beat UNLV twice on their home field, which by the way, that was such a weird, that you know, UNLV is right by the airport. And so mm-hmm. while we're watching the live feed, there are planes flying through. And I don't know if that was distracting to you guys. <laughs> was it? Well, we go there every year and you're not supposed to look up at the planes, but it's really hard. But also the jets fly over here all the time. Mm. So we're kind of used to it. They're just a lot closer. So you're like, oh, what airline is that? And then you're like, try not to watch. <laughs> right. Got to get back in the game. Got to get back in on this one. So, yeah. So like you said, really big weekend. Can totally understand why that would be sort of like one of the biggest moments this year so far. Plenty more, plenty more moments to come, though. Uh, like we've talked about a couple of games against Utah this weekend. One down in Salt Lake, another on Sunday in uh, in Ogden. So if you if you aren't uh, doing anything, folks, get get up to Wildcat Softball Stadium. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that at the end of the, of the show. But, uh, Casey Whiting want to thank you so much for taking a little bit of time to chat with us here on Weaver state weekly. Want to wish you all the best of luck against Utah and then Utah state on Tuesday next week. Go Wildcats. Thank you guys. Thanks for having me go Wildcats. Yeah. We appreciate you. Yeah. So, um, I think I, I could definitely see why that UNLV series or just that weekend in Vegas would have been such a big one for them. Uh, because like she said, the previous year, it was rough. It was kind of a, a bit of a skid. Uh, I think that they also probably did better in Arizona this year than they did in the previous year. Because I, I think I think they did, did beat GCU once last year, but you know had, I think, two games against a number eight ranked Oregon last year. So that's tough, right? That was a good first week too. Yeah, like that, that was just, uh, it was just, it was just a difficult week the year previous. And so, to then go 0 and 5 in Vegas was just like, oh man, like, but they found their groove later. But this year, completely different. And uh, Wildcats on a roll. And so let's talk a little bit about this Wildcat team. Uh, we noted earlier that the Wildcats had the week off. Um, and so they have played just one game since the last time we spoke. And it was actually yesterday, Tuesday. And uh, Jessica, you noted that you were able to go to the game and enjoy that, that wind coming in out of the outfield. Which, which by the way, killed a lot of balls. I noticed on the feed, you know, watching on ESPN plus. Yeah, it it was a little bit colder than I had anticipated. And when I stood up and got, you know, got back to my car and I was like, Oh, Oh, this is what warmth feels like. (laughs) (laughs) And it was, you know, it was a good game. It was a little bit of a long game because when we, you know, scored out and I think it was the third inning where we did so well, I was like, Oh my gosh, this game, we're going to run roll this game. And then, then we did not. And it got colder. So. Yeah, that's what I thought too. I thought that um, with the success the Wildcats had in the third inning, they were up seven and nothing at that point. You know, they needed one more run and a couple more innings to go run rule. This game's over, um, I, which is a, a pretty big turnaround from the last time the Wildcats faced the Wolverines, right? Where Wolverines went up seven and nothing. Wildcats staged this massive comeback and end up walking the Wolverines off eight to seven. It's mm-hmm. just crazy um, to turn around and get another dub against them. Pretty big deal. Simon, what about what are your thoughts about yesterday's game? Yeah, no, I, I felt the same way, Jessica. I, I think, you know, 
it's hard to follow up on a Arissa Henderson home run like that. that that's pretty tricky. <laughs> but yeah, no, I love the game. I love the fact that we not only like, you know, kind of tied him this year, but now we are up. We are 18 to 17 as far as a full-time record. So what do we do with a seven seven nothing win? That was fantastic. So yeah, in Utah, we just we just got him. I was pretty happy to see that. Well, and it was so fun. I was sitting with a couple of people who hadn't, you know, watched a whole lot of softball. And I'm like, this is Arissa. So she's not only good at pitching, she's also, I mean, she's hit two home runs so far this in, and she hits another one. And, you know, just some of talking about the team and what we've seen thus far. And then for really, we showed out yesterday. It was just a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, Rake and Riri made an appearance. At, you know, Wildcats were up 5-0 at that point. She hit a two-run bomb to clear the bases. But uh, let's talk about that that third inning because really that's that's the that's the difference in the game, right? The Wildcats go on a on a pretty pretty phenomenal run. Uh, yeah, I mean Dan Hubbard, Dan was there with you, right? Um, mm-hmm. He was. <laughs> and and so uh, yeah, he brought hand warmers and everything else. He was ready <laughs> for that. <laughs> Dan, Dan was ready, yeah. But um, so that's that third inning, like we said, that was really the big difference because the Wildcats were up one to nothing at that point. You know, not not a big deal. I think they had scored in the bottom of the first to go up one to nothing. You know, it was just you know pretty simple stuff. Not not a lot of power, just. Very basic softball, just working, working folks around the bases and getting them in and, uh, and up one, nothing. But then that, that, that bottom of the third comes. And I would say that, I mean, I don't know what you all think about this up to that point. It had been a pretty, pretty well pitched game for the Wolverines overall. Mm -hmm. Like they were doing fairly well, but I don't, I don't know what, what, what did you all feel like was the difference in the Wildcats really breaking it open? Because of course we just talked about the two run bomb from Marissa Henderson, which is sort of the cap to all of that, to that six run sixth, but they had, a, they had already scored four runs at that point and had gotten some extra base hits. And uh, you know, there was, I think there was a triple from. Yeah. Faith Ho hit a triple. Yeah. yeah. And so, so what, what was the thing that kind of sparked that in, in you all's eyes? Um, well, I think that that's going to be something that definitely happens to a lot of pitchers this year is that, you know, you face batters of this quality batters that, you know, Casey is a phenomenal example of this batters that will get on base. Um, and you had um, Camarero was starting to be a problem. McKishan was starting to become a problem, everything like that. And so um, you start to try something new because you, you know that it's going to come up um, and sometimes it doesn't. And, and that's when you started to make those mistakes and everything like that. So I think I was just like, you know, she was trying to find out if there was anything that she could do to just kind of back away the progress of this team and it didn't work out. And um, we went up seven Oh, so. And it was just fun. I think this is definitely one of those times where we just saw a lot of things in that bottom of the third. We opened it up almost with Michaela having a triple and then Rushton stole a, a bay. I mean, it was like they were out there just scrambling and we just had a couple of, you know, we had quite a few fouls that you were like, Oh my gosh, they were just a little bit over. That would be a home run. But then, then we did just, and we would just, there were quite a few times that we were able to get more than one base off of a hit. And I think when we start having that sort of momentum, it, it was just great. Like there was a moment where I was like, Oh my gosh, we're not going to get out of the third inning. Um, so it was just all, all of the things that we're good at um, were fun. I mean, there was one play, which is really my favorite play, is of Rissa, and I don't know who was up at bat, 
the batter hit the ball straight to her and she caught it, you know, and it was just fantastic. It's just fun to watch that level of talent out on the field. And they clearly outmatched UVU yesterday. Yeah. I think that the kind of the difference in, and you guys, you all can tell me what you think of this. It felt like, so um, like you said, Michaela Donahue had an opportunity to bat around. She batted twice in that inning. And she kind of, I felt like she was kind of the, the thing that sparked it off. Cause like you said, she gets on base and I wondered how much that kind of rattled their pitcher a little bit. Cause it was like you said, it was an extra base hit. And so it was like, Oh dang. Okay. Now, now there's a little bit of pressure here. And that pressure I think might've gotten to the Wolverines pitcher a little bit. And then all of a sudden, bam, bam, bam. Like you said, Mia Rushton gets on base. She's still second. And so that gets in your head a little bit too, right? Where it's like, because one thing that this Wildcat team has been pretty good at is being aggressive on the base paths. And I have a question about that here in a moment, but I think that that, that kind of those two moments just kind of maybe got to them a little bit and just enough that the pitching faltered a little bit and gave the Wildcats opportunities to really hit the ball. Cause, and a lot of them were really well-placed hits where they were just kind of like right up the middle, right? Right where the defense wasn't. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they were just enough to get past the pitcher in the circle. And so then all of a sudden you folks are coming around. Right. And then I think that also maybe the Wolverines weren't ready on a couple of those. Cause like there was one, and I think it was the triple where the ball goes through the infield, right? Like this is a grounder. It goes all the way out to the outfield, the outfield. I don't know what they were doing out there, but they kind of like bobbled it a little bit. And that's where the extra base comes in. Right. Cause it, yep. it, by all means, it should have probably just been a two bagger, but it ends up being a three because yep. the defense wasn't ready for it. They kind of bobbled it. Then they get their hands on it. Then they throw it in. And by then, I mean, you know, the runner was safely into third. Well, and for a minute, I thought she might just come home. Like, that's just how much bobbling went around there. But you're exactly right. That's what it was. And, you know, to have that sort of skill to be able to direct the ball where we don't have defenders in the outfield, right? It was just impressive because you're, you're having to control for so many different variables of that ball coming in and where it is, if it's where it is outside the box or inside the box. And so it's just a, a lot of skill to be able to do that repeatedly. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, we talked a lot about the offense side, but I mean, this was a shutout folks. This was seven to nothing. The pitching has really been, I think, a hallmark of this team. There are a lot of things that this team does well. One of those is pitching. We talked about Arissa Henderson, about the fact that, you know, not only did she pitch a great game, um, she didn't have to pitch the whole thing. They brought Mo Ramirez in in the fourth, I think it was. (laughs) And Mo Ramirez handled business too. And so right now, as it sits, um, Arissa Henderson and Mandy Sink are both in the top five in the conference in ERA. And these are numbers previous to the UVU game. But... Marissa Henderson's ERA before the UVU game was 1.62. Mandy Sinks was 2.35. And like we said, Mo Ramirez has really found her groove. She found it in California and she has been just lights out ever since. And so I wanted to kind of put the question to you all. Do you think that pitching or hitting becomes the biggest factor for this Wildcat team as they look to conference play next weekend? That's a good question. Yeah, it really is. I think that was what one too was um you know Coach Amicon's just like, okay, here's two of the best pitchers in all of you. Let's see what you can do again. So and they, they did nothing. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, it's tough. Um, it, it's tricky because we have such a phenomenal hitting team too. Um, yeah. And pitchers who can hit even. Um, I think that's one of the things that you kind of notice down the stretch though, is you're going to get these tight games and these pitchers that are just going to have these battles. Um, and so I think that there are going to be those games where pitching is really going to have the edge on this one, where it's going to be able to match up and that batting is just going to be that little, little addition on top. So, um, I, I feel like, you know, later down the stretch, we're going to see that pitching become the biggest factor in the Wildcat success. But as long as we can get runs, runs are, runs are fantastic. So, <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I'm going to go pitching because it's the aspect of the game that we have so much control over, right? So it's, you know, when, when we're out there on the field, we're controlling where the ball's going. We've got some solid pitchers, just like, you know, Simon was saying, and you were saying too, Colby, that like we've just, we're in control there. And I think that um, hitting is absolutely important because if we're not, you know, getting on base and we're not making those runs, then it makes no difference. But if you, a game gets away from you because pitching isn't working out for whatever reason, it can be so disheartening for everything else. And so I think the just how solid um, our pitching lineup is, is going to be the most important part. And because of that faith and because of the skill that we have um, uh, behind the bat, I think that that's going to come along with it. Yeah, I think that, you know, if I'm picking between the two, I really think that pitching is the difference here because mm -hmm. I look at the non-conference schedule and how many of these, especially some of these big games like the Texas A&M game um, and others, the pitching really was the thing that made the difference because a lot of those big wins that the Wildcats have experienced this season were very close and tight and the pitching needed to hold through the seven innings to hold on to maybe one or two run leads, you know, often one run. Like I look at the, uh, the, and maybe this is a game that wasn't necessarily on everybody's radar, but I look at the Cal Baptist game after the Fullerton uh, tournament, that game, they ended up winning it one to nothing, you know, and getting out of the, out of the, the softball park and heading on to San Diego. Pitching was the difference in that game. Right. But then on the flip side down in San Diego, the Wildcats drop one to uh, a not great Cal State Northridge team. And mm -hmm. that game, once again, was similar. It was just not in the Wildcats' favor because it was one to nothing. Northridge ended up getting the one run. The Wildcats were not able to produce anything offensively. But once again, pitching right there, keeping the team in it. All they needed was one to two runs. And they, and that was another dub, right? And so I think as this, as conference play looms, and, and of course this weekend too, because you're facing probably the best one of the best softball teams in the state this weekend. And you get to see them twice once on their field, once on our own um, pitching is going to be really, really big and important in this game uh, in those, in those pair of games. And so if I'm picking between the two, that's probably the way I would lean. I, I definitely agree with that. I think that that's one of those things too, where you see what Arissa Henderson has done to this team. And it was, it was such a goal for them entering this season was being able to be really competitive with these big time teams. And you see Arissa coming to these big time teams and she makes them extremely competitive so much so that they win now. Um, like that Texas A&M game, that was incredible. Um, and so you're going to see the same thing in Utah. It's going to be one of the big things. Is she, you know, we see that pitching performance come out there. We see him play hard against Utah. It's going to be that pitch in the game. 
Yeah. Um, another thing that we've talked about here tonight is that aggressive base running. You know, Casey talked about it, and that was one of the things that she gleaned in her freshman season, watching these good base runners and and kind of learning that that piece of the game and developing it and now seeing the fruits of it, not only last season, but also this season as well. Like I said, as you know, she's a player that has stolen four. Uh, successfully has not been caught stealing thus far this season. And so um, I wanted to ask right now, four Wildcats are in the top 10 in the conference in stolen base. It's Michaela Donahue at shortstop, Casey Whiting right field, Chloe Cameron at third base, and Faith Ho at second base. And so that speed, do you think, because stealing bases is, I think that it, it's it's as much a mind game as it is a play to get the runner into scoring position, right? Because when you steal a base, it's a flex in a way, right? On the, on the pitcher or on the, on the catcher to say like, you've got to come and get me. I'm going to take this and you have to stop me. And sometimes they can't. They don't have the arm. They don't have the skill. And uh, I wondered though, as we get into conference play and teams know that the Wildcats are going to be aggressive on the base pass, they're going to play small ball. They're going to lay down sack bunts. Like that's, that's the type of game that the Wildcats are going to play. Does stealing bases become a liability or overall do you see it as a plus and a benefit to this squad? I think it's a balance just a little bit like you're saying, right? If they know it's coming, they're going to look for it and it's a risk. It's one of those things that's easy enough if the other teams start to pick up on it that we can recover from it really quickly though. So I think it's a risk that we should take because we're good at it. Um, I, and it, it's fun. It's, it's the most anxiety ca- causing part of softball for me because you're like, Oh my gosh, you're doing that. Um, but I think it's one of those things that it absolutely is a risk, but I, I would be hard pressed to say it's not a risk worth taking and until, you know, you find the team that starts to catch you on it and is quick and then, and then pulling back a little bit. Right. Sure. Sam, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, no, that was, that was exactly my thoughts right there. Um, one of my favorite things, um, this is a Chris Paul, the NBA player. Um, he has a thing where he knows how to shoot from both his right and his left hand uh, using a, this is dominant hand. And, you know, he's not, he may be not going to use his left, like, you know, all the time or anything like that, but it's have to watch out for. I think that's the same thing I think about with stolen ba- bases and everything like that. Like, this is a hit and pitch And it's, you know, you look at these pitchers who are already on edge trying to, Go up against these batters who are batting over three hundred right now, and um, now they have to watch out for stolen bases. Like it's just over pitchers, and so I love that we have that in there, and we have that as part of our part of. We can use it to get some more of that. Yeah. Um, last last question here before we we wrap up the show. Um, so, like we said. This weekend will be three in-state games. We'll see Utah twice Saturday, then Sunday in Ogden, and then Tuesday the Wildcats will take the trip up to Logan to face Utah State, which will be the last Mountain West Conference um, game of the season. How do you see this week playing out? Because Utah has a good team, uh, very very likely a tournament team. Um, uh, Utah State, maybe not so much. Um, no one, no one has them ranked very highly in the mountain West right now, but they've always been a tough team for the wildcats to play. I mean, those, those, those Utah state games have not been easy in the past. And so how do you see things playing out with these three over the next you know week? I'm going split 
with Utah and we win Utah State. Looking at overall RPI stats again to see kind of where we're doing as we continue through the season. And Utah is two above us at 47. We're 49. Um, and we are the second Mountain West school, I would like. <laughs> we- <laughs> <laughs> so Boise State is above us right now, but we're absolutely solidly winning Big Sky and we are second in the Mountain West, just in case you want to know. So I'm going split against Utah, win against Utah State. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, the fact that um, the, the, the Wildcats are currently 49 in RPI, the Utes are just slightly above. So that technically makes them the best team in Utah. Um, like we said, this is going to be a tough series. And I, I agree with you, Jessica. If the Wildcats can split with Utah, that's ideal, right? Mm-hmm. It would suck to lose two. They will get a chance again later in the season. We will face the Utes a third time at Wildcat softball field in the middle of the conference schedule. But uh, would be nice to to get a split here and then take that up to Logan and hopefully get a dub against uh, against Utah State, which I uh, they've told me that there's a brand new facility up there. So should be pretty nice. But um, I don't know. I mean, it, it looks like the Wildcats should win, but softball, softball. Like we saw the CSU Northridge game. Uh, <laughs> that was a bummer. You know what I mean? Anything can happen. And so, Simon, what's your take? Yeah, definitely. And I, I'm with Dan. I 100% agree with that with Jessica on this one. I um, it would be phenomenal to split some games with Utah. Um, this is one thing too, where we actually haven't beat Utah since April of 2019. It was April 23rd that we beat them. And the last time we really got beat by them bad, I think it was zero to eight. Um, and it was in May um, last year. Um, so I think like we, we got the team that in that losing streak right there. If is going to do it, this team that's going to do it. For that Utah State game, I think any guys can go go out on these, you know, in-state runs and be able to have success, you know, it pushes them up and, you know, people start to look at, oh, yeah, Weber State's, you know, probably one of the top two softball teams in the state right now. And we are, we totally are. Um, And so it just goes to further prove that. I also like that um, the Wildcats will have eventually played everybody in the state except for Brigham Young. You know what I mean? And that is what it is. But um, I like the fact that the Wildcats kind of have played around. They've played everybody, uh, have done a good job within with the in-state games. And, you know, you just kind of tip your cap to everybody else. Say, we'll see you next season. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, I like I like the in-state games in softball a lot. So, like we said, folks, uh, looking at the upcoming schedule, Wildcats will be facing the Utes on Saturday, March 26th. That game will be at 3 p.m. down in Salt Lake. Uh, then the following day, Sunday, March 27th, the Utes will be coming to Ogden, 1 p.m. out at Wildcat Softball Field. You'll be able to watch it on ESPN Plus or just buy your tickets. It's really cheap. Season tickets are $45. It's not that much. Uh, I'll be there. Come hang out with me. Jessica will be there. Dan will probably be there. I mean... It's it's a fun group, man. It looked like a fun group out there. I think I saw Gene Sessions on the broadcast. You did. He was yeah. there. Yeah. I mean, if you, I mean, listen, if you went to Weber State in the last 50 years, you probably took a class from Gene Sessions. That guy's a Wildcat legend. He's retired now, but if you want to hang out with a Wildcat legend, you go talk 
to Gene Sessions. And also, I've been to games in the past where Dutch Belknap, which I think it was his birthday today or yesterday or something like that. Dutch Belknap, the former AD, usually he's out there at those games as well. And so it's like lots of Wildcat legends hanging out. And of course, like Jessica said, uh, you know, President Mortensen was out there yesterday. I mean, it's a good group of folks to just go and hang out and watch a good, a really good team. Probably one of the best the Wildcats have ever seen. So a good opportunity. Then the Wildcats will be, like we said, hitting the road Tuesday, March 29th, taking the trip up to, to Logan at Utah State. That game will be at 4 p.m. A little bit tough to get to if you've got to work that day. But if you're dedicated and you want to take, drive up to Logan, uh, do you think Dr. Leah Murray comes to the games as well? That's a good that's a good shout out to Leah Murray. Um, you know, I took my poli sci from Leah Murray when I was a student. Uh, Dr. Murray's great. Um, so that'll be the upcoming schedule, folks. And we'll have a lot to talk about this week. But I uh, want to thank both Simon Mortensen from The Signpost and Jessica Euler for taking some time to chat. A little bit of Weber State softball with me. I want to thank uh, shout out to Casey Whiting for taking some time to talk to us a little bit about her Wildcat journey tonight um and um i guess we'll wrap up the show like i usually do email weber state weekly at gmail.com facebook instagram twitter patreon.com slash weber state weekly to support thank you to everyone that does and the blog where i need to move over a bunch of stuff i was on vacation last week so i haven't done that yet i'm gonna do it i promise uh that's it so i'll wrap it up weber state weber state great 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 Great. Go Wildcats. Oh!